It's December 6, 2017, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and, of course, the innovation scene. I'm Bert Lums, flying solo again. Co-pilot Rhino Zawa is off to Rome, Italy. He's demoing smart yields over at the Vatican Accelerator. I, I'm kind of envious of him. Anyway, we'll kick off the show with my news guest, Samantha Kimsey. She's from Computational Thinkers and is here to tell us about the winter break camp. And then finally, we'll talk to Eleanor Hampson and Callie Mason. And we're going to be talking about Project Lead the Way. First off, coming up. This Friday is CS for All Night, and that's put on by the Momilani Elementary School. This is their third annual, and it's going to be held at the Pearl City High School Cafeteria. It's actually grown out of the uh, Momilani Elementary School Cafeteria. Uh, This event will feature hands-on activities connected to concepts in computer science, such as computing systems, networks, data and analysis, algorithms, and programming. These activities empower students to see the wide range of opportunities computer science offers. The event is part of CS uh, Education Week, that's Computer Science Education Week, and Code.org, which is a nonprofit dedicated to expanding access to computer science and increasing participation by women and underrepresented minorities. Their vision is that every student in every school should have the opportunity to learn computer science, just like biology, chemistry, or algebra. And of course, this is a family event, so all are welcome. And uh, this is, again, coming up this Friday, December 8th, and it's going to be from 5.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. over at the Pearl City High School Cafeteria. And I will be there, and I'll be manning the data and analytics table. So I'm going to be demonstrating some use of data. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Anyway, with that, I want to welcome Samantha Kimsey from Com- Computational Thinkers, and she's here to tell us about the winter break camp. Welcome to the show, Samantha. Hi, Bert. Thanks for having me again. Good sure. To be here. So, um, you know, winter break's coming up, and, you know, I guess, what, you got to have the kids keep their, you know, keep them busy. <laughs> so what are you going to keep them busy doing? I know, just because the kids are off school doesn't mean the parents got it. Got to get to, uh, they don't get off school. And wouldn't it be great if when the kids are out of school, then the parents did too, and everybody got to go on break? But it doesn't work that way. So we try to keep them busy with technology, of course. Mm-hmm. So, yep, mm-hmm. we are going to have a camp this year. And I just want to say I'm sorry we're missing. Uh, uh, Ryan is not here this week, so sorry that he's not here. And I also want to point out I'm wearing my Hour of Code sticker, and Bert got his today, too. I did. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I <did>. somehow qualified. <laughs> a little HTML code does count, so okay. happy, happy to see you're participating. We've been doing our Hour of Code events all this week at Holy Nativity School. Their 7th and 8th grade classes are really ramping up and stepping up to some new big challenges. So happy to be still working with them as well as Wiley Charter Elementary School. And just as Shane's doing his event, we'll be having ours on Friday, our Hour of Code event, kind of wrapping up the the whole week, uh, 530 to 730 uh, also. So I'm glad to see so many schools are participating. Mm-hmm. The more and more, like we want to have every school having their own event and all conflicting in schedules. So uh, I hope people can swing by our center on that Friday to do very similar activities. And remember, we start at pre-K, so we do have some little ones that are doing a little bit of binary Boolean, Boolean logic and, and fun activities. Oh, very good. 
Yeah, so our winter camp is coming up, so that's December 18th to the 22nd, which is odd because the private schools, public schools, charter schools, they all have different schedules for their breaks. And um, so the private schools and I believe the charter schools will be out that week of 18th to the 22nd. But unfortunately, DOE, they're still in school, so they won't be able to to come to our camp. But maybe the 27th and the 29th, right after all the presents are open and all the batteries are in the toys and parents need to clean up, then they can send the kids over to our camp. But this camp's going to be a little different than we've done in the past. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. You got me interested. <laughs> I know. It's a little bit controversial. I mean, not too bad. But our subject is around having a relationship with technology that is not um, – how should I say this nicely? We don't want it to conflict with their social behaviors. Mm-hmm. And we're finding that a lot of our students come into class, mostly the tweens and teens. They come in because mom and dad's giving them a phone and they have their phone in their hand the moment they walk in. And I'm like, hi, Johnny. And then they're looking down and still looking at their phone and they're like, hi. <laughs> So I'm not getting a lot of eye contact, reiterating names, kind greetings. And so what we're doing is we're really enforcing that, hi, how are you doing? Good to see you. How was your weekend? You know, bringing the social aspect to technology. But also a lot of the things that we do in the workplace, we have to be aware of that too. So um, we use a lot of pair programming in the workforce where you work with a partner because two heads are always better than one. So maybe one person is sitting next to you and you're sitting on your hands while the other one drives the computer and you give them instructions. So getting kids comfortable with not always being in charge and being the one doing the work but being able to verbalize what it is that needs to be done. So pair programming, mob programming, where as a group, we all have to try to solve a problem together. How do we bring all of our thoughts together? And it's not, oh, let's just do what I say. Everybody just follow my lead. Well, how can we bring all of our thoughts together to complete a task, whether it's with or without code? And the other is extreme programming. So extreme programming is a little bit different where you, you, you can still do extreme programming individually, but it's better with a pair where you just think, like, let's just try something really weird, and let's just see what, ha- what happens when we do that. So trying to do those kinds of things outside of technology. So there's not going to be a lot of screen time, but more of applying technology and programming concepts to a non-technical space. So do you see all three of these activities being offered at the same time, or kind of do you, are you envisioning this sort of sequentially over the period of the you know, the break itself? Yeah, good question. So we're partnering with a, a vendor called Circa Solina, and they're bringing in a lot of physical activity. So for one is unicycling. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> like how do you do unicycling with other people, right? It's like una means one. <laughs> but you really can't do it by yourself. You need the help of someone to kind of get you started. And how do you, how do you tell that other person what I need rather than like snapping at them like, hold me up, I'm falling. You know, how do you like kindly ask and explain what your needs are, what are the requirements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So being apply those, being able to apply those kinds of skills in a non-technical environment. So how are you reaching out to the potential students that would, you know, let's say potentially participate in this uh, program? Social media is always our great one, but mm-hmm. we also have, uh, we partner with a few local marketing companies that help us blast things out and also the help of HPR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're great and and is there, a, is there a, a, a grade sort of range that you're looking for? Uh, we pr- prefer at least fifth grade and above. No preschoolers in this kind of class because mm-hmm. we hope at fifth grade that, that, you know, they're not really having these problems just yet. We hope mom and dad are still talking with them at home and making eye contact. And it's just once they get into school and technology becomes more prevalent in their lives, that's when we start seeing a a degrade in how well they're interacting with others. 
Yeah, so, I know there was yeah. a. I think there was a thing on NPR about you know when's the right time to actually have your child, you know, own a smartphone, and uh, you know that. So that's kind of a, a controversial thing. But but even once they get the con- you know the the smartphone, how is it that you actually manage their time on it? Yeah. So I think you know your program is going to be very good. Now, can you uh, share with us uh, how can people find out more about the the, the program program and signing up? Well, let me answer that one question really quick about. Um, parents being able to manage that. So Disney Circle's product is out and allowing parents to have more control of what their kids are doing and be able to manage even their TV at home, their iPads, their phones, and all those things. So parents, I would suggest uh, buying that app, which well, the, the free app. And, and what is have it called? Uh, Disney Circle. Okay. Yeah, so that's a great product that we'll be talking about in our classes. But uh, we hope that you can join us during our summer camp, our winter camp, which will be December the 18th through this 22nd, as well as 27 to 29. You can also check us out during our uh, spring break and our summer camp, where we'll be talking about cryptocurrency for kids. Yes, that's cryptocurrency for kids, (laughs) where we'll be learning how to use um, piggy coin and how kids can take advantage of new financial strategies in a digital form. Great. So where can they go to find out more information? Please go to computationalthinkers.com and click on the big old Santa Claus right there in the front. It'll take you right to our winter camp. Very good. Thanks, Samantha, for joining us. Thank you for having me. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Eleanor Hampson and Callie Mason. And we'll talk about Project Lead the Way and find out how it's prepping students and teachers with new learning tools. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. In my line of work, being engaged in what's happening in the world is important. I also enjoy the music and other programming that sparks my imagination and I could not imagine living here without HPR 1 and 2 and so I'm glad to be a listener as well as a member and supporter. Member supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum and of course joining us today are Eleanor Hampson and Callie Mason. Eleanor is the Director of School Engagement for Project Lead the Way, and Callie manages the uh, grants program. <clears throat> also have on the line Sarah Milianta from um, Elima Intermediate. So she's going to share with us a little bit of the actually on-the-ground uh, teacher experience with Project Lead the Way. Of course, so we want to learn how is education changing to accommodate the challenges of the 21st century, and we want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. So, Eleanor, uh, let me start with you since you are here and you're sort of heading up the whole Project Lead the Way presence in, in Hawaii. Uh, maybe, you know, real briefly, tell us what is Project Lead the Way for any of us that, you know, aren't really that familiar with it? Sure. Um, so, Project Lead the Way is a nonprofit organization. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary. Um, We're based in Indianapolis, but we are present in all 50 states and also Washington, D.C., in over 10,500 schools. Mm -hmm. Here in the state of Hawaii, we're in a little over 50 schools, and um, we have over 100 teachers who are trained in our programs. Um, So just to give you a little overview of what our programs are, we are K-12. Um, Our elementary program, which is called Launch, is made up of modules um, of our 
that consist of our three pathways, engineering, biomedical, and computer science. Our middle school program uh, is called Gateway. We also have those same three pathways present in courses and units there. And finally, our high school uh, offerings are broken up into the three pathways. So we have three individual programs, engineering, computer science, and biomedical science. Interesting. How did you, how did Project Lead the Way choose biomedical, given that this is kind of in the K through 12 arena? Um, that's a great question. Um, I think that they the three that they've focused on well we originally started as an engineering program mm-hmm. that's that's where we um, that's our beginnings our deep beginnings um, so obviously the computer science conversation is um, at the forefront right now but biomedical science I think um, can be really well integrated into uh, existing science offerings um, human anatomy and physiology um, and preparing students for careers um, that kind of mesh that um, engineering and science component, um, computer science component with medical careers. Mm-hmm. Great. And uh, Callie, I mean, you're <clears throat> actually here visiting from what, Indianapolis. That is correct. And you are managing kind of the grants program. So tell us what is it that you sure. do and are you the recipient of all the requests that come in from all the states? You must be inundated. <laughs> yes, I am. Well, uh, so we work with uh, corporations and foundations, and you asked a little bit about biomedical science, and really, we really are here to help students prepare for the the global challenges we'll all face tomorrow, so mm-hmm. really helping address workforce needs. And part of the reason why the biomedical science program came about was because there are such uh, workforce needs in the biomedical science industries. And so that's really where some of that came about. Uh, but to speak about a little bit about our grant program, so we are a nonprofit organization and we do work with corporations and foundations all across the country. Uh, one of those being uh, Strata Education Network, which is uh, something that we're wanting to promote that partnership here because we have grants for Hawaii schools. Uh, but really what how our grant program works is that our partners commit funds to to project lead the way and then we act as sort of a regrantor in that capacity so we collect grant applications from schools and like you said we we do receive requests from all across the country from schools that want to start our programs uh, including in Hawaii and uh, and yes we do receive quite a few of those it's uh we we're in over uh, 10,000 schools across the nation, so and it continues to grow. So there is a high demand. Do you have uh, Do you have a staff of people that are helping with all the you know possible directions that these grants might be coming in from? Yes, we do. So <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor is uh, the main point of contact for our schools in Hawaii who are interested in starting the program, and we have others like Eleanor all across the country who really work with schools one on one. Uh, and I work uh, in tandem with them, and I uh, help on that administrative side of that that work. But then also we have uh, our partnerships team who are out there building those partnerships with groups like this, like Strata Education Network. But we partner with other companies, uh, Chevron, Lockheed Martin, John Deere, uh, all across the country. So yes, we have a whole team of people devoted to to that work as well. And so, uh, Eleanor, you know, in terms of the schools and how they might get involved, uh, are, is it at, a, at a, a DOE level? Is it at a school level? Is it at a teacher level? I mean, where do they actually engage with Project Lead the Way? 
Uh, it can be at any of those levels. Um, you know, often decision makers are principals or at district level. But if a teacher um, hears about us on the show or um, hears about other teachers who are using Project Lead the Way curriculum in their classrooms, um, they can certainly um, bring that to the table in discussions with their administration. But typically, um, with opportunities like grants that we have, um, we typically see high, high schools or elementary school principals being the ones who um, approach us with the application to implement our curriculum. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to be perfectly honest because um, I want to bring uh, Sarah on the line. And and I actually, get, I met you, I met you, Eleanor, at the um, CSTA, which is the Computer Science Teachers Association meetup that happened a couple of weeks ago. And, and that sort of triggered my, my interest in Project Lead the Way. But then I also was following Sarah on, on Twitter, and she posted her certificate that she had gotten from Project Lead the Way as a result of going through the program and being certified. So I thought, well, it'd be cool to get Sarah on the line just to kind of tell us a little bit about what the certification process is like and what is it that she actually did as a result of becoming certified. So, Sarah, uh, I want to welcome you to Bite Marks Cafe. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Bert. Sure. So tell us, you're, you're what, seventh grade teacher over at the Elima Intermediate? Yes, in Ever Beach. And uh, when did you when did you kind of decide that you wanted to explore this this Project Lead the Way certification? I, sorry, um, STEM for me has been something that has been a big focus on where I was going with education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was hired by um, my, my principal here at Elim Intermediate, and as a STEM lab teacher, and they had already had the Project Lead the Way program previously. And so I was um, then enrolled in the training, and I came on board here um, August 1st. So my training course was online-based, and it was actually really neat where I was taking a class online through Adobe Connect every Wednesday with uh, 25 educators around the country and two master teachers. I would get a course about two hours online. They would go through what I should be teaching the next week. I'd teach it with my kids, um, submit my assignments, very similar to kind of a grad school format, to the master teachers. They'd grade and give feedback, um, and then we'd post for the next week. So it's pretty intense. It's not like just some you know, like online course or anything. Oh, no, it's definitely more than, yeah, like a sit-and-get PD session. But we know, you know, research PD, tells us that PD? excellent PD builds better teachers, and better teachers build better students. And I really felt invigorated by the curriculum. So, so Sarah, for, for people that are, you know, kind of picking up the, uh, the acronym PD is what, uh, um, program development? Uh, my um, program development, oh, how to pick it up? No, no, no. What does PD stand for? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm professional development. Oh, professional. Yes, okay. sorry. Great. So, so when you uh, did, um, was there a particular course or, or direction you wanted to go? I mean, I know there's like computer science and biomedical. And what did you choose to sort of get certified on? What's the cool thing about our, our Campbell Kepele complex where I am is that the elementary schools already have Project Lead the Way. Um, the middle schools have it now in seventh and eighth grade. I teach seventh grade. My partner in eighth grade teaches the biomedical uh, unit. And then when they go to Campbell High School, they're continuing on with different Project Lead the Way courses. So we're trying to make that pipeline work um, where um, kids can go and keep succeeding in the curriculum. Great. No, I, I do want to get back to you and... and um you know, ask you about how you actually implemented something uh, with Project Lead the Way in the classroom. But I want to let people know we're talking to Eleanor Hampson and 
Callie Mason, and of course, uh, Eleanor is Director of uh, School Engagement over at Project Lead the Way, and Callie he manages the uh, grants program. And we are also talking to Sarah Milianta from Elima Intermediate. And of course, uh, Sarah, you know, when you got involved with Project Lead the Way and you actually implemented something in class, I mean, I, I was watching your Facebook videos and they were really intriguing. Tell us what the project was and was that your idea or was that part of a uh, sort of, I don't know, a challenge that you were given as a result of going through sort of Project Lead the Way? Yeah, what's so cool is so the unit that I'm doing is the design and modeling through the gateway, and um, we have three structured challenges in these units, um, but they're all real world, as the ladies were saying. Um, our challenge, the first one we did tackled was um, designing a brace or an ankle foot orthosis for a student who with cerebral palsy, who had, um, we did a lot of research on mobility issues, what that student would need. So what you're doing in that, you're engaging in the engineering design process, but you're also building that empathy that we know that the kids need to understand that you're affecting change, you can help people in the world around you, and it, it's real. It's not just something that's not just a different assignment. It's something that we're helping that um, if we sent our prototype off to market, we could make something to change the world. Um, and the kids really got engaged in that. Plus, with the social-emotional piece, what you're helping the kids with, we focus a lot on like person-first language, that we're talking about people. They are a person first, a person with cerebral palsy. And that's great discussions for middle school students who need to build those skills. No, that's great. Eleanor, you know, we had talked about biomedical. And in the case of what Sarah just described, I mean, it did have a biomedical aspect to it. Was that something that was uh, sort of pre-designed, predetermined in the actual project? And, and that's how it sort of unfolded? Absolutely. So there are specific um activities, projects, and problems that are built into the curriculum at all of our um, K-12 offerings. Um, so what she's describing is one that Project Lead the Way created, mm -hmm. and it really does tie in that biomedical and the engineering um, together. So uh, there's also discussions in the state, too, on how you can um, incorporate our curriculum with local and community-level um, needs and um, so you can certainly adapt those activities and projects and problems that students are expected to do. But that is um, already built into the Project Lead the Way curriculum. So she's following what she was trained on throughout her online training and implementing that with her students. Oh, that's great. So, Sarah, you know, in terms of the uh, the project, I, I saw, I thought was kind of the, the completion of that project. I mean, what do you have in mind to follow that up with? Well, the great part is we front-loaded with the engineering design process and all the curriculum resources from Project Lead the Way. But then, yeah, we are wanting to focus on local, um, those connections, those business connections, those next projects. So um, as we're working through our next one with Project Lead the Way, the students are designing a therapeutic toy that a student could use in physical therapy um, who does have hair cerebral palsy. And from that piece, um, we're kind of building to a local lesson uh, um, in Hilo, there's the project called High Seas. With mm -hmm. um, We have the Martian base where the astronauts are training for what it would be like to be on Mars. So we were starting to research that. Um, we're actually going to be speaking with one of those um, astronauts who did a year in the, um, the HAB design that they have there and probably work towards building a Mars rover or a Mars lander come the spring, but implementing all of those pieces we got from Project Lead the Way. 
So now you got me thinking. So Kim Binstead does the high seas, and that's on the on the Big Island. How would you at Ilima kind of interact with that project on the Big Island? The hope would be, you know, um, we really enjoyed the students have loved reading the uh, astronauts' blogs mm-hmm. of what, what they're posting, what it's like. We're also reading the classroom version of The Martian, um, like the Matt Damon movie, mm-hmm. um, and the kids are really invested in that book. Um, it's just taking it farther because now I've done those Project Lead the Way units that gave me the basis, um, and the kids have those skills and they can apply the engineering design process uh, to these future challenges, but also understand this is stuff right in our neighborhood um, that they could be looking towards to the future for careers, jobs, uh, business connections. That's great. So, so Eleanor, you know, in terms of adapting it for a local, let's say, project or uh, issue that's, that's happening in the community, how, how would that start to evolve from, let's say, where, where Sarah is and then now, let's say, incorporating something that's happening on the Big Island? Uh, yeah, that's a great thought. Um, I mean, teachers like Sarah who um, are motivated to um, incorporate what they're doing in the classroom with the community is a great start. Um, and that's a big focus of Project Lead the Way as an organization is developing community partnerships mm-hmm. in addition to the corporations and businesses that we already work with. Um, so to help make, um, especially here in Hawaii, uh, students connect with their sense of place and using the Project Lead the Way curriculum to do so. Now, Sarah, can you recommend any, let's say, um, method or process by which other teachers who might be interested to, to perhaps get involved? I think that definitely checking out those grant opportunities, because um, I know the program started here at Lima with the grant process, and then we've seen such gains that it's something that our, our area wants to continue on with, because you do see results from the students. Um, as a teacher who's taught STEM before, to have those aligned project-based learning units to start, then I can go ahead and add my own material to it. It's just, it's phenomenal. And the training was incredible. I had a really, um, the teacher that I learned from was the master teacher um, for Project Lead the Way, and she won Teacher of the Year in Orlando when I attended the summit. And um, I've just, I've learned so much. And I think the grant place would be way to start and also come to our schools. You know, I'm always open. If uh, someone wants to come see what's going on in our room, uh, sign in at the front office and come check us out. Well, I'll, I'll definitely put your uh, your Twitter handle up on uh, the show notes later on this evening, Kelly. So, in terms of the grant program, now I know you, you you know you've talked about sort of nationally. So, walk me through how a teacher would perhaps apply for a grant. Would that go to Project Lead the Way directly and perhaps end up on your table? Yes, yes, it would, and it would come across my desk. Um, so, anybody can go to pltw.org. Um, if you're a school that's really interested in learning more and um, considering applying for our grants, um, you would go to, uh, there's a drop-down menu that says Experience PLTW, and then you could s- select Funding and Grant Opportunities. And then from there, you hit Apply. Mm-hmm. And we ask a series of questions. We really want schools to research a little bit about our program, think about how they would want to implement the program into the school day, uh, thinking about what kind of teacher they would like to uh, receive that training or take that training. Like Sarah's just sounds, Sarah, you sound like a phenomenal teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, picking somebody that's going to be as dynamic as Sarah is going to going to be uh, an important thing to be thinking so about is as it, well. Is it, is it teachers applying or does it have to be from the school level? So it's more of a, a holistic approach to the grant process? Yeah, we do want you to be thinking about 
a, a more holistic approach. You could, as an, the individual submitting the application, you could totally be the teacher, but we, you probably should be talking to your principal, too, before you go ahead and apply. Um, at times, it might be a principal. It's whoever feels most comfortable submitting a grant application, but I promise I, I don't bite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Eleanor, uh, where can people find out more information and perhaps uh, apply to Project Lead the Way? Yeah, just as uh, Callie said, pltw.org has a wealth of information about our programs, our partnerships, and also our grant opportunities. Very good. Um, so as as she said, if you uh, find that drop-down menu for funding and grant opportunities, you can apply. Well, we'll post that up on the show notes. Eleanor Hampson is the Director of School Engagement. Callie Mason is the Grants Manager. And... Sarah Milianta is from Elima Intermediate. We want to thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, uh, thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we talk to Hawaii Biotech and learn about the Ebola vaccine. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at BiteMarks. Our engineer is David Chong. And you can catch us every Wednesday on HPR One or, of course, on the HPR app on your smartphone and also Amazon Echo. Stay safe and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.